Web Components Before Web Components, The History of the Web. The History of the Web. The 4th of January 2022. In the mid to late 90s, browser development fractured. Along one fault line was Netscape Navigator, an established player, the most popular browser by a wide margin. Netscape added new features at a rapid clip in order to make the web more dynamic, more visual, and more interactive. They were an important part of the web standards process, but they often belied it in favor of quick iteration and new browser releases. On the other side, Microsoft was playing catch-up. They sometimes implemented what Netscape already had. Other times, they included their own proprietary features, or web standards Netscape hadn't gotten to yet, in an attempt to differentiate themselves. The web was in transition. Developers wanted complex applications and websites that animated and moved through the surfing experience. In the midst of all of that, HTML components were created. Years and years later, they would be cited as prior art for modern-day web components. But before the web got there, it followed a trail of technologies on the web that have since been almost entirely abandoned. In the mid-90s, Java was one of the most popular programming languages around. Sun Microsystems, the creator of Java, experienced a resurgence after its release, which they marketed heavily to large, enterprise IT departments. One of the promises of Java was that it let programmers, write once, run anywhere, much like the cross-platform promise of the early web. Java offered portability and performance in a package that for many developers felt intuitive and easy to use. It was rapidly adopted by large teams and individual developers as a way of creating complex software applications. Sun knew that if it could embed Java applications on the web, it would provide a huge opportunity for developers. They created a browser of their own specifically to showcase that kind of capability. Released in 1997, Hot Java was the first browser to include what's known as Java applets, embedded applications written in Java and served via the web. It was suddenly possible for an organization to write advanced software for their entire company, a shared calendar or some writing software, and ship it to everyone instantaneously using the web. At least, in theory, applets provided the web with real value for two reasons. The first was the write once ethos. Big enterprise software solutions were being created with Java, and being able to ship those applications on the web was another prominent example of run anywhere. The second was the way it enabled discrete components to live inside of the web. By the mid-90s, the dream of the web was shifting from something static and information-based to something dynamic and application-driven. Many believed the web would one day replace the standard operating system, a fact that has, in some ways, come true, but not in the way that people imagined. Applets were another step towards that dream. Netscape Navigator 2, first released in the fall of 1998, included Java applets in their browser. It was one of the most widely talked topics of the day. Also included in Netscape 2 was a lesser-known scripting language spun off conceptually, though ultimately completely separate and apart, from Java. It was called Mocha, and then LiveScript. Some developers were experimenting with it, but it lacked the buzz and reputation of Java, so Netscape renamed it to JavaScript to try to buy into the hype. In order to make JavaScript work, Netscape created what they called a language-independent object model, used by the browser to structure a web page programmatically in a way that allowed it to be changed dynamically and on the fly using a script. The W3C, 
the official standards body for the web, took this and created a specification for Document Object Model, or DOM. It was Microsoft, however, and not Netscape that implemented the first version of the W3C DOM in Internet Explorer 4, released in 1997. Hoping to differentiate themselves in a browser market very much dominated by Netscape, Microsoft turned to HTML, CSS, and other web standards, as well as their own proprietary features such as the dynamic software framework ActiveX. This blend of standard markup, the introduction of CSS, and additional scripting languages used to manipulate the DOM eventually became known as Dynamic HTML, or DHML. DHTML was Microsoft's answer to Java applets. Partially as a response to ongoing conflicts Microsoft was having with both Sun and Netscape, Microsoft leaned away from Java and towards HTML and other standardized web technologies like the still-new CSS which brought Microsoft all the way back around in 1998 with the release of Internet Explorer 5.5, which introduced HTML components. They extended the elements of the DOM in a way that made them accessible directly to developers. With HTML components, developers could bind new behaviors directly to existing elements in HTML using a combination of CSS, JavaScript, and a specialized version of, believe it or not, XML. They made possible rollovers, animations, transitions, modals, and advanced forms and applications. Even more interesting was the ability to create custom markup elements defined as HTML component behaviors. Using a new file format, developers could group metadata, JavaScript and HTML all in a single file and directly extend HTML to create an entirely something entirely new. Writing about the Trident rendering engine when it was sunset by Microsoft, Dershep provides an example of this. Less than public. Component tag name equals Raleigh MG. Greater than less than public. Attach event equals on mouse over, on event equals rollover. Greater than less than public. Attach event equals on mouse out, on event equals rollout. Greater than less than public. Property name equals SRC. Greater than less than public. Component greater than less than img it equals image greater than less than script greater than ie's document get element by id var img equals document dot all image img dot src equals element dot src img dot id equals undefined element append child img function rollover img dot src equals rollover plus element dot src function rollout img.src equals element.src less than script greater than and then to add it to a page less than custom raleigh mgsrc equals logo.png greater than if you create application driven websites today the above syntax might strike you as familiar that's because html components are not too dissimilar from modern day web components which weren't adopted by browsers until nearly a decade later Web components are a series of web APIs that actually allow developers to create unique HTML elements, with CSS and JavaScript bundled alongside. If you use modern-day frameworks like React or Vue, then single file-type components might be familiar. Custom elements in web components can be passed attributes just as in HTML components, the latter of which also included a view link, which ensured behaviors only applied to the attached element not unlike the shadow DOM of modern web components. 
If the similarities feel uncanny, that's somewhat by design. HTML components, which were deprecated in IE10, served as an inspiration for web components. Yet even with HTML components as a reference, and after years of development, it took some time for web components to be adopted and put to use. A reminder that even as technology evolves, and comes back around to old ideas, it can take a long time for a rolling stone to gather enough moss to become a widely adopted, widely used technology on the web. Learn Your History A twice-monthly dispatch about the web's history, the incredible people that built it, and all the websites, code, and browsers you've never heard of. Share this on Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, or Pocket.